Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Phil Muscatello and Finpods are authorized reps of Money Sherpa. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal situation. Shares for beginners. Weekend watch list. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watchlist, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company, sector or ETF that you may wish to consider for your watchlist. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how Stockopedia screens for value. Joining me today is Elio D'Amato and we're talking Ventia Services, ASX code VNT. G'day Elio, how are you going? Yeah, g'day Phil, hello and hello listeners and I sincerely hope that this will be a stock for the times. So Elio, tell us about Ventia Services then. Well, look, given markets at the minute, I thought, you know, looking for a business that provides a pretty essential service, plus also gives us a good dividend, is very much worthy of discussion right now. And let's face it, without dividends for the last two years, there would have been really no point investing in the broader market. So they've been a godsend. Uh, The focus on the company is Ventia today. It's one of Australia's largest essential service providers. Now, You'll likely never notice them much, but they're putting uh, fuel into airplanes. They're also mopping hospital floors. This large services business really has an extensive presence. It's got over 35,000 staff all across Australia. It's got tier one clients crossing sectors like defence, social infrastructure, mining, energy, telecommunications, as well as transport. In short, they basically play a key role in our nation ticking over. Now, its history is storied. Uh, without going into onerous detail, uh, Ventia comes from a coming together of latent contractors, these services, and a company by the name of Vision Stream back in the day. Now, they acquired someone by the name of Brookfield, who were formerly Transfield Services, and in 2021, they decided to create this company and basically list it on the stock exchange. But it was a bit of a challenge because It was majority owned at the time by Simic and US-based private equity firm Apollo, and they owned around 65% of this entity. But the plans were that the offer would be at around $2.75 to $3.15. But it was uh, unfortunately not well liked. And in a desperate bid to get the deal over the line, the price was slashed to $1.70. It was such a bargain, actually. The price rose to $2.10 on the day that it listed. However, it did stoke fears of a pump-and-dump narrative. And to be fair, the owners, Simic and Apollo, made no secret that they did intend to exit their stake, and that acted as a bit of an anchor on the share price, unfortunately. They started to sell down their interest in March and May this year, and then most recently in September, with both of them having reduced their holdings now quite significantly, almost to negligible levels. Um, So now that they're somewhat freed of this anchor, the company can really be assessed on its own merits. And its largest division is defense and social infrastructure, uh, which is okay, but it's most profitable, i.e. in terms of margins, is telecommunications. And that's good uh, because that's where they've been achieving the majority of their growth in recent times, including a recent contract in August where they're going to be assisting the NBN with their uh, Fiber Connect program and rolling that out. Um, for a nice, juicy 
uh, profit. So basically, they're everywhere. You don't notice them, but you certainly will notice them if they're not working, uh, because really they make the nation tick. They're operating across a whole range of types of industries, um, providing services. What's the nature of those services? For example, anything in regards to supporting our defence industry, in regards to providing things like fueling planes, cleaning the facilities, ensuring that uh, all the equipment is maintained. Uh, With telecommunications, not only are they ensuring that the towers are all working as they should be, but with this new NBN uh, Fibre Connect rollout, they're basically uh, upgrading the entire NBN system, or contributing to the upgrade, I should say, and really getting in there. In and amongst that, they're also servicing um, the broader network as well. In hospitals, they're doing everything from providing things like catering in certain areas as well as cleaning services. So really, we're getting to the bare bones of what was defined as an essential service during COVID, of course, that uh, essential uh, part of doing everything that we need to in order to not only remain safe, but to keep the lights open. So essentially, they're providing bodies to provide the, the workers required in these, um, uh, these projects. Is that the case? Yeah, 35,000 of them actually across Australia. Yeah. So it's quite a large workforce that's been steadily growing. The composition is quite significantly with a, a large portion, which are full-time, but they've also got contractors as well. And we'll um, discuss risks a little later on, but obviously fighting staff is one of the key risks for a business like this, because essentially... It is about having boots on the ground um, in order to perform these services and therefore access to uh, cheap and effective labour that can actually do the job is uh, something that the company has to manage on a daily basis. So you mentioned the kind of um, checkered past that this company had, but um, it's come up on your radar, obviously. What's got you interested? Yeah, so this is where we go into our research methodology. And if I just open by saying that from a stock rank perspective, which is an overall score for the business, it ranks as a 97. Now, the defensive nature of earnings as well as the dividend got me interested, plus the actual stock rank score. Now, breaking that down a little further, the stock rank score is a compilation of the key factors which drive market returns. Those key factors being quality, value, and momentum. And when you break those down at the moment when looking at Ventia, quality ranks quite highly at 83. Value is reasonable without being dirt cheap at 77. And then we've got a momentum score of 97. And this means really essentially the stock is in the upper echelon of companies who exhibit good numbers across each of the factors that drive those market returns. The top 3% actually, um, as described by the 97. So It first, you know, achieved back in February, back into the high 90s on the back of their annual results. Uh, When they released that in February, they report between December as their starting period and December as their end. But also they are, you know, look, really in essence, um, they're a good, cheap and strong stock, which, you know, you want to identify because good stocks tend to be bad ones. Cheap stocks tend to be expensive ones and momentum tends to beget momentum. So uh, it has uh, all those three categories when combined together, puts them up and uh, ranks them all quite well. And what's the dividend yield? Uh, Current dividend yield is at 6% at the moment. In the recent half-year report, they actually paid a dividend of 8.31 cents per share, which was actually higher than their full-year dividend, which was slightly below. And they've got a pretty strong commitment in regards to paying dividends. They uh, 
uh, look to pay out around 75% of uh, net profit out in the form of dividends. So this is not a stock that is suited for those wanting to identify a company that is roaring ahead in terms of its uh, earnings growth. It is more of a slow and steady pace, and the company is guided for the full year to come in at the range of 7 to 10% earnings growth um, over the full 12 months, which will put it at the upper end um, of its uh, expected guidance. And by that, I mean this 7 to 10% growth rate was on their pro forma or pre-listing data and expectations. Um, they've been running ahead of that up until now. So this 7 to 10% was on their pre-listing data. Now, given that they're already further ahead than where they thought they would be, this would suggest that earnings growth is going to be at the upper end of that range, which means in tow, because so much of their earnings are paid out in dividends, they do declare that range of 60 to 80%, but historically at the moment, it's been around that 75%. We would expect another increase in dividends as well, assuming they're able to continue to grow their contracts and uh, generate more money, of course. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And what is it about this company that you consider to be defensive? Uh, well, there's a number of factors. Um, of course, one, the general operations and the essential nature of their services, obviously in big demand during COVID, and obviously the fact that they look after so many of the jobs that no one else really wants to do or can't do efficiently. Uh, and I don't need to mention Qantas or the like, but obviously um, that's uh, someone who does um, have access to uh, Ventius services, as do a whole broader range of a number of different companies. But then if we look at those uh, individual sectors, uh, factors, sorry, I should say, and we start with quality, I mean, you look at return on capital and you look at return on um, equity, and those are quite good. They're around 15 to 30 and 34% respectively. Operating margins are around 5%, which is a little bit skinny relative to the industry, but relative to the broader market, that's actually uh, quite okay. Uh, a real positive is the company. It's not a Woolworths kind of margin, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Woolworths actually a little uh, skinnier than that. So, yeah. um, but uh, we'll come to this because margins are one of the things to watch moving forward. But the most pleasing thing, in my view, is the growth in the company's cash generation. They're doing incredibly quite well, uh, growing both operating cash flow as well as free cash flow. And then when you look at the overall business on a Pierre Trotsky F score, now I'm not going to bore you the snores with that, Phil, in regards to uh, what that measure is, but it's like a measure of the overall business health. But it achieved a 7 out of uh, 9, which actually, again, puts it up there in terms of being a very strong business. There is a slight drag, though, on quality, and it's the reason why quality is 83 and not necessarily uh, 99 or somewhere higher, and that is its Altman Z score, which is a measure of bankruptcy risk. Now, the company sits within the cautious zone. So we don't expect it to go bankrupt anytime soon or within the next two years, as the definition is. But they are starting uh, or they are around that sort of area. And that's because the company has taken on a lot of debt in order to fund its operations and its business and to grow 
and expand its operations. Now, the good news is the company points to the reduction of net debt, and that's true. They've been reducing their net debt, which means you measure how much cash they've got relative to the amount of debt that they have on their books. They also said that they still have debt headroom. So they've already got a number of products available to them that they can tap if they need to, and they're nowhere near breaching their covenants. So they still have a bit of headroom there in that regard, and that is slightly reducing. So we've got that in the cautious zone, and it is something to watch, particularly when you've got rising rates. I mean, in the latest half-year result, for example, um, the rises in bank bill swap rates that we've, or, or just interest rates in general, I should probably keep it simple, saw an increase to expenditure of $11.3 million. So their debt levels are something that they do um, need to manage and they do need to maintain. Um, Just a quick note on the other factors, particularly value. Um, It ranks as 77. And the fact that it's not, again, in the upper echelon is because as a services business, it's actually a little expensive relative to peers. Now, again, against the market, it's okay. But when we're talking services business businesses, there seems to be a perennial discount applied to them. A key part of that is they have a rather nasty habit of going broke because they're only one contract away from really getting it uh, completely wrong. And because margins can be quite skinny, uh, it really can get them in trouble. So it's broken a lot of that discount because of the quality and nature of its earnings, plus also the nature of the customers that they serve, which again, uh, governments and tier one uh, companies. So it's important to remember that this stock is not dirt cheap. Now, it's by no means nosebleed expensive, but when you look at things like price to you know free cash flow, which is actually very good in the latest period, as well as dividend yield, which we actually use as an input into our value metrics, um, the strength of those two measures means that a 77, it's better than average, but it's not the upper echelon. And then momentum is strong because of two factors. One, relative to the market, the stock's not too far from, say, like it's a 52-week high. So you look at the stock, it's it's about 11% from its 52-week high, and you might think, oh, gee, that's not great. But when you compare it to the broader market who have seen deeper falls and are actually further away, it actually ranks quite high. On a relative basis against the market, it's outperformed the market on a one-month, six-month, and one-year basis. Again, another good thing to do in a market that's going sideways. And then the other component of momentum that we analyze are what analysts are thinking about the business. And since the start of this year, analysts have effectively upgraded their earnings expectations by some 10%. So that earnings revision on a positive nature, as opposed to many companies which are seeing downgrades at the moment... Uh, means it also ranks quite highly from a momentum perspective. And it actually is its highest factor when you look at all three, and hence uh, a major contributor to the overall strong uh, stock rank score. And, of course, we always have to consider the risks, Ilya. What, uh, what do you see as being a risk in this uh, in this company? Yeah, obviously, as previously mentioned, uh, notwithstanding the fact that Simic and Apollo have sold down already a significant amount of their stake, they still have more to go. So there's a natural as it were, ceiling on the stock a little bit at the moment as there is selling pressure as um, these two large holdings do try to exit. Though I do notice with interest that I think Apollo is no longer um, on the significant shareholder list, which means they've come below the 5% mark, So, uh, which is pleasing because that would suggest, again, that there's not much more further to go. The uh, other thing to uh, consider is the labour. 
they have they need people to fulfill their roles and therefore as a result accessing labor in, in an environment where unemployment is uh, very low at the moment obviously there's wage pressures across the board as everyone wants a little bit more extra pie in order to pay for the rising costs of living so that's obviously a key consideration uh, in regards to Ventia. And if you are bearish in regards to your view with what the labour market's going to do, i.e. remain stronger for longer and command more, then this is a risk you need to consider. And finally, margins. They are imperative for any services business, whether it's services, cleaning floors or helping on mine sites, whatever the case may be. I mentioned that a lot of mining companies have gone broke before in the past. Uh, oh, sorry, a lot of services businesses um, have gone broke in the past. And that means that you need to watch margins with extreme caution. Um, they're very skinny margins. I mean, you look at the revenue of a uh, Ventia, for example, and we're talking literally in the billions of dollars. Yet that then filters down into profit of only tens of millions. So there's a lot of expense um, in these uh, companies and therefore managing that is imperative. So investors need to appreciate and understand that in an environment where costs are rising, the cost of living and cost of doing business, that companies with skinnier margins do tend to um, have a little bit, of a little bit of a drag on them. Now, today, they've managed those costs really, really well, but it doesn't mean necessarily they'll continue to do that. So again, you need to keep an eye on that. So Ilya, any other points worth mentioning on Ventia? Yeah, I mean, one, for example, that surprises me and keeps me excited is the fact that its renewal rate of customers currently sits at 90%, which is a very high retention rate and adds further weight to the idea that they have defensive earnings. Now, another point, of course, is that dividend that I spoke about. It's a very high dividend and they have a strong commitment to return earnings back as dividends to investors. So for those that are wanting to ensure that uh, they get a dividend return from uh, their investments. It's a a good uh, company to have a look at. I mentioned the fact that the company has guided for growth of 7 to 10%. So that should also further mean further increases um, in dividends as well. And they've also got a very diligent focus on those um, cashback profits, as I mentioned. So they currently uh, convert uh, something of around 80 to 95% of profits into cash which is really important. You don't want to see a company with high profits where you're not seeing much cash translated back into uh, the bank account, as it were. So the fact that they're able to do that further underpins the good yield. So it's an essential service, it's good yield, it's high quality and good momentum. It's a little pricey, but it's not nosebleed. Ventia, therefore, is a stock to mull over this weekend. So tell us about the deal that you're offering to listeners of this podcast. Yeah, so for those that are interested in wanting to learn more about our approach and uh, the stocks that we research and uh, who we like and who we don't like and just as importantly why, there is a 10% discount that we're affording to all listeners um, of the Weekend Watchlist podcast. Just go to the website uh, y.stockopedia.com forward slash SFB, follow the prompts and you will be able to receive a discount on the first year membership, which is very reasonable, um, only Recommended retail is $475, but the insight that you receive, plus all the tools and plus all the support, an invaluable resource, particularly when markets are feeling a a little bit choppy. Helio D'Amato, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Phil. Thanks for listening to Shares for Beginners. You can find more at sharesforbeginners.com. 
If you enjoy listening, please take a moment to rate or review in your podcast player or tell a friend who might want to learn more about investing for their future. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 